Welcome to Ready Row USA. I'm Charlotte Pierce, and I'm here with our Rowing Travel podcast and our guests, Ruth Marr of Rowing the World. Hi, Ruth. Hello. And Mark Wilson of All-American Rowing Camp. Hello, Charlotte. Hello, Ruth. Uh -huh. Thanks for having us. Yeah, you're welcome. I uh, love these little pop-up podcasts because you know, it's it's just something. If we get an idea, we can just go for it and uh, and cover it and get on and tell people about it uh, right away instead of you know a lot of planning. But <laughs> we do that too. But uh, I just wanted to go through a couple of things about um, the the podcast is at readyrowusa.com. All of our archives and our for our upcoming episodes are usually planned there, you know, two or three episodes in advance. We've got uh, rowing, uh, ready to row, or learn to row um, coming up in later this month. And we have uh, rowing for recovery and a lot of other fun things uh, coming up. We have, um, and here's our a slide with our, our guests and uh, me at, Mark's camp in Florida. If, if you look closely at that picture, there's an alligator in the background. Long, long story with that, um, but it I made it. I made it back alive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to acknowledge our, our couple sponsors, goodinklings.com, an incredible, wonderful WordPress website designer, Laura Williams. She does my websites. This one, Ready Row USA. And uh, Burnham Boat Slings, the, the famous, wonderful company that makes the boat covers that protect our boats, including the ones at Mark's Camp and other places. Um, we have a, a hashtag Ready Row USA, so use it on social media and we'll, we'll uh, trail you around and, and give you things like, like uh, you know, remote uh, coaching, other gadgets and gear and stuff. So without further ado, let's get into rowing travel. And it's May. Um, you know, I want to travel this year. You know, what, what do I do? What do I do? How do I get involved? And what are some of the last, I guess it's last minute, right, uh, Ruth? What would you say? Well, you can, actually, we do have last minute opportunity. We had a cancellation on our BC Wilderness Rowing Trip, which is mm -hmm. a very amazing tour where we are on the west coast of Vancouver Island. Uh, we do a little rowing out of a place called Euclid, and then we row over to a wilderness lodge that's a water access location only and stay based there and do some rows um, out of that for a while. So we had a cancellation and so we have one seat available. It runs from mm -hmm. June 1st to the 7th, uh, or the 8th, sorry. And uh, yeah, so that's a last minute opportunity right there. Jump on a plane, fly to Victoria, <laughs> we'll meet you. <laughs> That sounds but, awesome. How fun. Yeah. It sounds so beautiful. I know oh, BC is amazing. I just It is. Yeah. And this is like, you know, there's a, usually there's a bear that walks along the shore every morning yeah. collecting or the low tide, you know, turning over rocks and pulling up clams or whatever the heck he's eating. Anyway, and then we've seen whales. Uh, it's phenomenal. It's a beautiful part of the world and a, an amazing place to row. 
Yeah, and Mark, Mark, you always talk about that too. You know, it's not just the rowing and putting the oar in the water. It's the nature. It's the alligators. It's the, you know, it's the yeah, for sure. I mean, I, yeah. I think I think again, what Ruth and I are doing is providing opportunities for people that are used to rowing on their own water or their own, mm -hmm. you know, basic region. You know, if you're in the southeast, and you know, you're going from Asheville to Oak Ridge to Atlanta to, you know. Chattanooga, you know, and so on, and maybe Nashville as well, places like that. And and mm -hmm. the water's similar. And, uh, you know, what Ruth does and what we do is we take people to different places of the world. And rowing is rowing, right? You're still sitting in a seat. You're sitting, still sitting backwards. You're still pulling on an oar. But mm -hmm. the food's a little different. The scenery's a little different. The customs are a little different. The things around the boathouse are probably done just a little different. Um, and then obviously the the history and the culture and the uh, the wine and the cuisine and everything else that goes along with mm -hmm. the trip um, is is unique. And what we try to do, and and I know Ruth does too, is try to showcase those natural, cultural, and historical elements of the trip and not just do the rowing. And right. the rowing's fantastic, right. you know, wherever you wherever we take people. Um, but it's it's the other things too. So for yeah. sure. And I know you do coaching, but Ruth, do you do you do a lot of coaching with your with your uh with the people who come on your trips and you do mostly team boats, right? Uh, we mostly row Cox quads and no, there is no coaching and we're very clear about it. I mean, that's why, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like Mark, your products are different because you, people come not only to enjoy the location, but they want to improve their rowing. We work on the assumption that uh, people are, are experienced rowers. We have a validation process and try to make sure mm -hmm. that people are not only able, you know, have the skill required, but have the fitness and the ability to do the kind of distances that we do in a tour on a tour where we are rowing for longer periods of time during the day we're going typically longer distances that people might be used to rowing on their home waters and and you row day after day like everybody can get in a boat and row 20 or 30k it's getting in the boat the next day <laughs> the next day. exactly yeah so we don't have any coaching we have do not have assigned seats they are typically as i said cox quads maybe some doubles maybe some singles we row a lot of coastal boats because of the waters that we're on we do mm -hmm. a lot of rowing and even running coastal boats on fresh mm -hmm. water because when you're rowing over the course of a full day on a big lake the weather can change the waves can kick up and the coastal boats can handle that. So we, you know, we change seats every day. Um, people take turns coxing, people take turns stroking. And so, and we actively discourage any coaching. <laughs> Interesting, yeah. Even it's even by the participants. Especially from bow seat, right, Ruth? <laughs> right. No coaching from bow seat. Definitely. Uh, yeah, that's a very good rule, I think. Uh, you know, we, we've seen that in our boats. You know, we bring people from all around the country and then they get into a, like in the picture behind me, you know, the quad sitting there in, in uh, Lake Bled, which we'll be going to here in a, in a few short weeks. But uh, yeah, we try to do the coaching from outside the boat and we encourage people just like Ruth does to try, try to try to focus on your mm -hmm. own rowing and not, uh, mm -hmm. not somebody else's, right? Yeah. So, very now, Mark, good, very good rule there, Ruth. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I'm glad to get this clarification because if I take one of your trips, Ruth, I want to. I want to conform. Yeah. I'm. I'm well, dying. Sure do. 
I'm going, I'm dying to go to Vogelanga. What, tell oh. us a little bit about that. It's like, well, it's an amazing event. And of course, uh, with the pandemic, it was uh, paused for quite a, a few years. So 2019, uh -huh. we ran a full crew uh, through there. It's, and then we have a, a group going this year, which is the first year it's opened up again to sort of the rest of the world. It's, it's not a race, it's an event. It's the one morning of the year that the canals of Venice are closed to motorized vehicles. Nice. And uh, it starts at 9 a.m. at uh, opposite St. Mark's Square. A cannon goes off and something <laughs> like 3,000 boats are on the water. Of Lots all of kinds, boats. right? Just different kinds of boats? You can yeah, I mean, primarily yeah. rowing. And it started, the origin of the event is it started as a protest by the uh, Venetian rowers, you know, and they do a very different style of rowing. It you face forward, you're standing up, and you have one oar, and it's a mm -hmm. it's it's rowing, but it's quite different. I've tried it, and it's mm -hmm. counterintuitive. But is anyway, that like the ones they use in the canals? The uh, so, it's sort of like a gondolier, sort yeah. of, but yeah, it's okay. different. And the boats are very different than right. large boats, singles, whatever. So it's a it's a, quite a unique style of rowing. So they're there. And they are sort of the premier participants. But also there are all kinds of boats, uh, whether eights and coastal quads like we have, or, you know, even I, I, I actually rode at one time in a double, which is a really bad idea because I was, okay. and with all the traffic, like I had to oh. do a head check pretty much every single stroke took me months to get the crypts out of my neck. Anyway, yeah, I've, I've seen pictures of it and it's, it looks, yeah, it looks so fun, but crazy. <laughs> and it's 32 kilometers and yeah. uh, you go around Murano and Birano and you come back into the Canal Reggio and that's where it gets entertaining because even though it spreads out over the course of the morning, there's still this congestion. There's a bridge that only one boat at a time can go under. Mm -hmm. you know, there's Navy divers there and they grab your boat and they shoot you through and it's clashing oars and it's just mayhem. But it's pretty special. To... It seems like a bucket list item. I, I've it been is. Here, ever since you started posting about it. I've seen... Now, uh, Mark, do you do um, mostly flat water uh, or... Are you We're, we we do mostly flat water rowing, but we also are doing more of uh, similar to Ruth, having opportunities to do the coastal and or the gig uh, Cox quads as well. So mm -hmm. in our trips in uh, Croatia, we definitely will get into the uh, gig quad. We um, actually have two gig quads there now in Shebrenik, Croatia. We have uh, use of two coastal quads as well, mm -hmm. um, going out through past the St. Nicholas's fortress and and heading out into the Adriatic in a coastal boat with a Jardina ferries coming at you. It's pretty, pretty <laughs> spectacular as well. And it's a little more open water, like what Ruth is talking about. But most of our camps are more designed for uh, continuing your flat water racing or flat mm -hmm. water rowing, flat water enjoyment of the sport in different locations. Um, but yeah, I think the adventure touring and the gig, the gig, especially the, co the Cox quad or the gig, the gig quad um, is really a fantastic boat for for these kind of things. And also here in the United States, I think, you know, one of the things that we're trying to do is to have people think and come back mm -hmm. and realize, wow, I don't have to be in a fine boat every day. You know, we That's could right. have uh, a little bit different approach to our rowing here, especially in 
in probably really generally speaking North America, mm -hmm. uh, but in the United States specifically. I know ca Canadians have got a little bit more of that touring mentality and gig mentality. Um, here we've kind of lost it. Back in mm -hmm. the back in the '60s, it was much more prevalent to have some gigs in your boathouse, and now those are kind of disappeared a little bit and we're hoping to showcase those boats as pieces good pieces of equipment not just for rowing in rougher water but also from a learning know, standpoint you know being able to teach people how to row more yeah. comfortably um in a in a in a well designed boat so Ruth did you have a comment about that or the well, it's certainly, and you know, travel, we travel to expand our minds and to ex experience different mm -hmm. things in different places. And the same with rowing. And, that, you know, I think Mark is correct. We, we think it's important to expose people to all the different forms. And we often are a bit parochial in our thinking about what constitutes rowing. And there's mm -hmm. a, a whole world of rowing out there, not just in terms of the destinations, but in styles. And it's phenomenal. I mean, it's part of why we travel. And yeah. why it's important to keep traveling, regardless of what the circumstances are, to really have that, you know, the benefit to yourself of uh, what travel gives you uh, in terms of um, experiences, but also, you know, just taking you out mm -hmm. of your day-to-day, but also that wonderful opportunity to just learn and do things differently. Now, just a question that occurred to me is like, is, is a rowing travel trip more expensive than just like going to Venice and getting a hotel and tour, doing tourist things? Or Yes, mm -hmm. because fundamentally, I mean, with any trip, whether you're going on a bike trip, mm -hmm. or a hiking trip, a coach, yeah. you know, a bus trip, uh, there are, if you travel independently, you are definitely spending less money because you are not availing yourself of all these additional services. <laughs> So when you travel with our company or with Mark's company, what you're buying is knowledge. You're buying experience and knowledge of mm -hmm. people who have been to this place before, have really pre-selected the best things to see and do, great places to eat, good places, wonderful places to stay, which you cannot, it's harder on your own. Plus, the, the you know, with rowing our sport, it's not like you can, you know, pack up your single and, you know, put it in your carry-on. Um, <laughs> you know, you need to, you need, what Mark and I do is we have built, developed these partnerships in all the different parts of the world with mm -hmm. where we can access the equipment and quality equipment. So that's the advantage of traveling yeah. with a company, like, you know, a rowing travel company. Well, I find that they're, when I've done them, just much more enriching and less stressful than, you know, doing my own thing. Sometimes when I travel, I call a boathouse and ask, like in London, I did that. And, you know, then I had to ride my bike down to Putney and you know, it's just like through the traffic. <laughs> it was crazy, but it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. Mark, any, any more thoughts about that? Yeah, I, I, you know, I think I, I, we certainly try to keep the costs as, as, uh, modest as possible but as mm -hmm. ruth said there are there are certainly costs mm -hmm. involved with hosting a camp and and traveling like this um and so you know you might be surprised actually looking at the costs and realizing that it may not be quite as expensive as you think um, yeah. but mm -hmm. it is going to probably be more expensive than just jumping on a plane and and letting uh google or whatever tell you where to go you know but yeah but we are also negotiating um you know 
better hotel rates oftentimes because mm-hmm. we're a group and, and mm-hmm. scheduling those things in advance and so on. So you might be surprised that it's not as much as you might think. Um, right. I'm sure Ruth's company and my company, you know, we're, we're, we're small, wholly owned, you know, mm-hmm. groups. So we're, we don't have a huge overhead, like some of the major travel companies like a Backroads or, uh, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. So right. it's, it's, um, you know, Okay, and so, just, so just give you a lot of bang for your buck, I think. You I think certainly do. I, yeah. I haven't been on one of Ruth's, but I'm going to go. And I've been on a couple of Mark's. So, uh, you know, the Ordad de Cortesia Hotel was so great. I just, yeah. you know, tell them we really appreciated all this wonderful service there. It was wonderful. And Ruth, you guys, uh, you guys, you uh, arranged lodging as well, right? Oh, it's a full package vacation. Yeah. So okay. imagine yeah. like a bike tour, mm-hmm. except we row. Right. Uh, so we don't provide um, uh, travel to the area because we have guests coming from all over sure. the world. Yeah. So that's not included. And uh, But yes, once you're on site, pretty much everything is included. So the value is really high. Right. You know, yeah. And, and I will add what you said. I'll reiterate, Charlotte, what you said, stress-free. You know, yeah. it's like there you're not wondering when the next meal is or where you have to go and it's all taken care of. And that's that's a really big part of a vacation. And I know what we're both trying to do is provide active vacations. You know, it's right. you're on vacation, so it should be stress free, but you are actively working. You're rowing, you're exercising, you're seeing, you're walking, you're doing it's all very of those cool, things, yeah. which is really, really positive as part of your vacation rather than yeah. just going and sitting on a beach somewhere. So um, I don't think there's two. We had we've we've laid on a beach for a little while <laughs> on our camps, but uh, not for more than, you know, enough time to kind of get a little rest and then go off and hike some more. Got it. Yeah. Um, Let me just ask, you know, the the elephant in the room is COVID and traveling. And I have to say, getting away to Portugal was not scary at all. It was really nice. And I felt safe and all that. And it really kind of opened up my willingness to do this kind of thing. you, and you made it easy, Mark. It was, you know, the, the whole thing was wonderful. But um, do you, do either of you have a, a comment about that? Well, I'll just take that a little bit. I think, again, mm-hmm. the idea is um, we're trying to provide, just like Ruth, a full 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 package. So mm-hmm. you know where you're going to, who's going to be your driver. Um, so when you get off the airplane, we're meeting you and taking you where you need to go. Um, the hotel's prearranged and everything. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, again, for us North Americans, <clears throat> it's been a little um, more haphazard in how our different states have been handling this whole thing. And so in the in Europe, <laughs> it's been much, it, it's, it's handled much better. Um, so mm-hmm. I think really, from my standpoint, COVID is becoming much, much less of an issue. Um, we we I was just in Italy two weeks ago and mm-hmm. it was great. Everybody's you know either vaccinated or or testing negative before they get on a plane. And you know when you are in a closed space, sometimes they the place like a museum or something might ask you to wear a mask, which is mm-hmm. great. It's fine, but generally speaking, it's it's mm-hmm. incredibly safe, incredibly easy, and and um, 
people really shouldn't worry too much about that if, yeah. if at all possible. And then the other the other travel things are just you know making sure the normal travel things, whether or not it's COVID related or not, is make sure you're up you're updated on your own personal vaccines besides COVID, mm -hmm. right? And then also your passport has got at least six months left of, of travel on it. Mm -hmm. um, this year, personally, I was in uh, my, my passport expires August of 22. And I was on a trip to Costa Rica in December, then to France in March, and then to Italy in April, and then to the Netherlands um, in May, end of May. So the end of this month will be ending those. Mm -hmm. So I had a very fine gap to get my passport. <laughs> I guess so. so the day I got back from Costa Rica, I sent my passport back to get a renewal. And so I would have it back in time for the trip to France. And it worked. But you do have to kind of look at those things. You don't want to be surprised and have to do a 24-hour, mm -hmm. 48-hour turnaround on your passport. So, Right. Any yeah. strategic uh, tips from you? Uh, we have a couple more minutes, and then we can uh, send well, everybody I, off. Yeah, and I, I, I think it is wonderful that we are able to experience travel again. But I think it's also uh, naive to think that travel is the same as it used to be. Like Mark said, you have to be planning a bit more. Um, I, I think that the, you know, and, and the purpose of this show was sort of talk about last minute travel, and that's entirely possible and has certain advantages. On the other hand, too, you need to have, you know, be a little bit more prepared and planned. Like I, I believe to return to the United States, you have to have a, a negative test. That's not the case in Canada anymore. But um, so what happens if you test positive? What is your plan? um you know where are you going to get that test They're just things like that i think mm -hmm. that we just um it's not to say don't travel definitely you know encouraging people to travel but being prepared thoughtful mm -hmm. knowledgeable and just recognizing that you need to be flexible and adaptable you always must be flexible and adaptable for travel under any circumstances and now sure. a little more heightened yeah attention to to that sort of preparedness and right and i think you both brief your guests on you know very thoroughly i have to say i didn't read all that stuff and i got to the airport and i had to you know do it online at the counter and i you know i i would reiterate that people should kind of really take an extra effort to um, educate themselves and just get get all their ducks in a row any thoughts about that before we close out here? Yeah, yeah. Or, well, I, would or agree. About, Sorry, mm -hmm. I, I would agree. Just making sure that your travel, your own mm -hmm. personal travel to wherever country you're going mm -hmm. is you're following the rules. Going to Europe right now is really quite easy. We are the weird country, the United States, with needing to have that COVID test on the return leg. Hopefully that mm -hmm. dissipates here soon. Um, me in France, it was a 25 euro test at the local pharmacy that was about 10 steps away from the hotel. Cool. In um, Italy, we had a 15 euro test done in a pharmacy right in the middle of Florence, and mm -hmm. it was 15 minutes in and out done. You know, they give you the piece of paper, you take it and you get on the plane and it's fine. And actually the plane looked for it once. And that was yeah, I know. They didn't really check it on the way back for me. Yeah. So, okay, so that's uh, good. I want to yeah. I want to just touch on one more little yeah. thing. There's a couple other people out there doing this. The, the Venice thing. If you're going to Venice, um, there is a group of wonderful. It's women owned company. Very good group called Row Venice. I was uh, brought on to that by a 
by somebody who had traveled to Venice. Myself, my wife, and my son did it. It was fantastic. It was just mm. like those that Ruth is talking about. Um, definitely, if you go to Venice, definitely book one of their trips. Book it in advance. Um, we had a wonderful uh, guide. She she spoke beautiful English. She actually studied music at Indiana University, where my wife and I both coached. Oh my God, previously. I wanna... So, but she was Italian. Role. And uh, absolutely yeah. fantastic. And then in Tuscany, uh, right in Florence and or uh -huh. Pisa, uh, 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 what's the name of it? It's uh, Stefano Matteo is his uh -huh. name and uh, rowing in Tuscany. And he's got uh -huh. this Tuscan Rowing Academy, kind of similar. He's a former Olympian from Italy and, and just does a great job. I've heard only good reviews. I referred him. I met, I had lunch with him while we were in Italy uh, a couple weeks ago. Fabulous, fabulous guy. And uh -huh. um I made a reference to one of our campers and she booked, she was going to Italy and booked immediately once she heard my reference to him mm -hmm. and, and she's looking forward to that, to that trip. So there's lots of, you know, these little, I don't want to say little, but these there's, there's people out there that are doing this, this kind of thing, not bringing full on trips from, mm -hmm. from North America. Right. But, but you can go there and you do that for a day or things. two or we've, something. We've had other campers yeah. like you, Charlotte, that have gone to places like Budapest and mm -hmm. they just reach out to the rowing club locally mm -hmm. in advance, making sure, you know, kind of talking about the last minute thing, don't be last minute. If you're trying to book yeah. a, a visit to a boathouse in some foreign country. Give them a little notice. They, they yeah. may have different hours. They may not be open every day. Um, they like to know who's coming to visit. Um, and mm -hmm. then you may need the code to get through the little door. I did that in Scotland. I, you know, right. it was just like the greatest group of people. And this guy had a garden. He brought me some potatoes from his garden. You know, it's yeah, yeah. just like, yeah, you're going to find all sorts of hospitality. So welcome. Yeah. Any uh, final thoughts from you, Ruth, on, uh, uh, you know, tips for uh, getting, getting away this summer and doing some rowing? Go, go, go. Good, good. Go. And call or visit, uh, rowingtheworld.com, allamericanrowingcamp.com, and there's other outfits, but you guys I, I know best, and um, I, I wish you really the best in your trips this, this summer and fall, and uh, I'll, I'm sure I'll see you on the water. Sounds good. Great. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. Great to see you, Ruth. Thank Great you. Great to see you, too. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you.